Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Who do you have coming out of the AFC? Pittsburgh, 10 and 0. Kansas City, one loss on the year. Is it the surprise Buffalo Bills? Who's coming out of the NFC? One week the Rams look good. The next week they beat Tampa Bay after beating Seattle. Then they lose to the lowly 49ers. Who's going to come out of the NFC least? Is it the Giants? Who's going to win the NBA championship? Right now, the Lakers are favored. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. With baseball season ending a couple of weeks ago and the Dodgers winning their first title in 32 years, I figured I'd talk to someone who's had a rooting interest in the last few fall classics. He's been around the baseball diamond a few times. His program and most notably some pitchers were recognized by Joe Buck on the World Series broadcast. The long line of pitchers in Major League Baseball started back in the 70s with Bob Walk and continues to this day with a few guys who have recently pitched and won the World Series. Most recently, Tyler Glasnow from the Tampa Bay Rays, who started a couple of games versus the Dodgers, and Trevor Bauer, who just won the National League Cy Young. From Hart High School longtime baseball coach Jim Ozella, Jim, thanks for taking the time uh, to spend with me to talk some baseball. Great to talk to you today, Tony. You know, that that must have been pretty cool, seeing all of you know everybody that over the last few years, you know, whether it's been pitching or whether it's just playing uh, at that level. Uh, how much fun is that for you? Thrilling. It's awesome. I just love uh, the opportunity to see our guys on TV, uh, see our guys achieve the goals that they wanted, uh, move up the ladder, you know, become become the guys that they are, become the adults that they are. Uh, it's just a great thrill. It's a great thrill. You've been here for such a long time, achieved a lot, a lot of success, not only on the diamond, but with your kids going off to the next level, you know, being great kids, great people. What has been the key to that success? Well, I'm going to tell you, it all starts with the family. You know, let's not kid ourselves. All these kids who have moved on to uh, bigger and better things have, you know, great family life, um, great parents, parents who have sacrificed an enormous amount for them. Um, you know, I'm just kind of one of the people in the village trying to assist them, you know, trying to help them out, uh, trying to uh, provide a little guidance. And, uh, you know, those kids are highly motivated. Uh, they walk through the gate at Hart High School uh, with goals in mind, and, and they you know, worked hard to get there. There is a culture that you have here. And when you first started, and I asked this to all coaches that have been around for a, a few years, building that culture has to be a difficult thing. But after a while, after that culture is built, kids come in and they know what to expect. There's no teaching or it's kind of, hey, I know what I have to do at Hart High School to be a member of this baseball program. Well, I think a lot, a lot of it has to do with at Hart High School tradition. Tradition's a big deal. Uh, kids came, come through the gate 
and we have older guys who are watching over them, older guys who are guiding them. I mean, you take a look at, uh, you know, some of these guys who have pitched in the big leagues, uh, Paul Richin and Jack Ralston, who are in the minors right now, uh, both, you know, use Tyler Glasnow as a goal. You know, they saw Tyler and the success that he had. And, uh, you know, they wanted to be just like him. Tyler uh, wanted to be just like Trevor and just like Michael Montgomery. Michael Montgomery and Trevor wanted to be just like James Shields. So, you know, this role model tradition that we have here at Hart uh, speaks, you know, miles, you know, for our success. You know, sure, we still, you know, do things kind of an old-fashioned way, I guess, in some regards. But a lot of it, you know, our, our, our players are looking to – our current players are looking to the older players for guidance, and those guys always provide great guidance. And then, you know, you have your alumni game and a lot of guys come back. How cool is it for the younger kids, not only the seniors who are looking to take that next step, but your underclassmen, your freshmen and sophomores, to see somebody like, you know, a Trevor Bauer come back, a Tyler Glasnow, a, a Pat Valeka, or, or even a guy like Jack or Paul who played in college, Jack at UCLA and Paul in San Diego, that are now in the minor leagues, to look for them for guidance or to just be around them and, and pick their brain about things. I, I love it when those guys come back. The alumni game is, is just off the charts. Um, you know, not, not just, just ba successful baseball players, but successful businessmen, successful doctors. Uh, one of the guys that, uh, you know, I worked with when I first got to Hart was a kid by the name of Eric Poshmas, who was a big time pitcher. Eric became a veterinarian. So it's kind of a big deal for our kids just to see success. And, you know, in this world that we have, you know, uh, to play a role model for our kids to kind of guide them along. But it's awesome when, you know, uh, Tyler came back a few years ago and Paul and Jack were uh, seniors here at Hart. And uh, they, they, they were, we, we had a winter game on a Saturday and, and uh, Tyler comes to the game and says, hey, can I, can I come and sit in the dugout? I said, are you kidding me? Can you sit in the dugout? Yeah, we'd love you to be in the dugout. Well, he sat there and he sat with Paul and Jack the whole day and gave them some insights as to what they could do to get better, what the game's like, what, 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 what happens at the professional level. And what those guys desired then was to get into the professional level. And so now what do we have? Paul ready to get to the Tigers, Jack ready to get to the Cardinals, uh, Cole Roeder ready to get to the Cubs. You know, these guys see these older guys and these older guys kind of give them the insight that they need more than the old coach can. Right, because a lot of it is a lot of these kids have the physical tools. That's there's no doubt about that. But when you look at that next level, a lot of it is really about the mental game and the approach to, hey, in high school, maybe I was just better than everybody in college. Yeah, maybe some guys caught up to me. But at that next level, man, everybody's throwing 95. Everybody can hit a fastball. And it's the mental game, I'm sure, that they really need a lot of work with. I think it's not only the mental game, but it's also what I like to call the survival game. All of those guys that we have had are in the big leagues right now. You take a look at each one of those guys. They have not had a straight line to success. Each one has had a struggle. Each one has had a battle. Each one has had some downfall that he had to overcome. And so <clears throat> these younger kids, when – they go 0 for 4, you know, they could see, hey, Pat Valeka was released by the Colorado Rockies, you know, and went to the Baltimore Orioles this year and had himself a great year. What does that say? That says, hey, life's tough. You know, it's a challenge. 
there's no straight line to success. And I think an important message for our guys that they learn is that you just got to stay with it. You got to stay after it. You got, if you really love it, if you really want to achieve what you want to achieve, you got to have to stay after it. It's not an easy task. You're playing the best players in the world in baseball. This isn't, uh, you know, just an American game anymore. This is, an, uh, this is an international game. And so, you know, our guys have all had some battles. You know, I mean, let, Tyler Glasnow at one time was the top prospect in the Pirates organization and then kind of fell, fell apart a little bit, got traded to Tampa, and look, he's back where he is. Michael Montgomery was the number one prospect with Kansas City. And, you know, things didn't roll very well for him. He left there, went to Tampa, went back to Seattle, then went to the Cubs, won the World Series. Wow. I mean, you're talking about what if they had quit? What if they had given up on their dreams? Well, and, it tells, tells, you know, our younger kids, hey, things, things aren't always going to roll your way. And there is that bit of adversity that you have to deal with. And if you can deal with it at a younger age, it prepares you so much better to deal with it at that higher age or at those higher levels. It's a challenge. You know, it's a challenge. Life's a challenge. School's a challenge. Baseball's a challenge. Today's game is a challenge. We kind of, we talk about this in a, a lot in our, our program. You know, we study, we study, we study, right? We work in practice. And then what is a game? A game is a test. A test. What do, what do we do? Do we pass the test today? Did we pass the test today or did we not pass the test today? Okay, we didn't pass the test today. How do we learn from that? You know, how do we adjust? And so, you know, it's you're, you're, when you're dealing with high school athletics, not everybody is going to be a professional. Not everybody's going to play college baseball. Some guys are very happy just to be in the program. Some guys just want to be in the baseball program at Hard High School. They want to be a member. And for those guys, we want to have them be a, an important part of this whole deal because everybody plays a role. And so, you know, we're, we're into, you know, obviously guiding kids to what they want to achieve. And for some kids, it is professional. Some kids, it's college. Some kids, I just want to be a part of the coach. And how do you deal with the kids that just want to be a part of it and those that that have those professional goals, the, the disparity, let's say, maybe in a little bit of the, the playing ability or talent? I think, uh, you know, when you take a look at the game of baseball, especially on the high school level, uh, at Hart High School, we we don't we don't have 15 guys going D1. Yeah, you know we don't have our starting lineups not going D1. So some of those guys who are maybe never going to play college baseball, they're going to be in our starting lineup, and uh, you know we've got to make sure that they're prepared and that they're contributing just like the other guys are. Maybe we give those other guys who are a little bit more talented a little bit more of a role, but those other guys, it's not to say that they're not important. All those guys are important. And whether you're uh, playing or whether you're not playing, you know, we, we think everybody plays an important role in our success. The, the talent, one family in my mind comes right out there. We talk about the pitchers that you've had, the Montgomery's, the Bowers, the Shields, the Glassnells. But you had a pretty solid group of shortstops come through here for about 15 years. It yeah. started with Chris and then, then Matt and then Pat and, and Nikki Valeka and how much fun was it just to see, you know, you talk about Nikki, the youngest one, but how they grew into that position and the similarities and differences between them. That, that family, uh, it was pretty easy to write, write down the starting shortstop for a few years. All I had to do is put that last name Valeka in there. 
change the first name around a little bit, but uh, what a what a wonderful family. Again, like I said before to you, success comes from the family first. And with mom and dad uh, leading the role there, leading the guidance, uh, each of the guys was different. Uh, you know, Chris was my, my, I mean, we're talking, you know, we're, we're talking all American. Uh, you're talking about a guy who played on Team USA when he was in high school. Uh, Team USA to the, you know, collegiate ranks, to the professional ranks. And now he's a, you know, professional coach uh, with the Cubs now. And I think what that kind of tells you is that, you know, I, I said this to him all the time. Hey, you're, you're number one. You're the role model. And everybody kind of following in his footsteps. And each one was a little different, you know. Uh, uh, Matt Matt was an outstanding soccer player, kind of a two-sport guy, which Chris really wasn't. So Matt kind of juggled soccer in the winter and then came and played baseball, was an outstanding baseball player for us. Uh, Pat, you know, was a great player for us and then took that and moved on to UCLA where he had a bigger, actually a bigger and better career than he had for us. I mean, won the, won the national championship at UCLA, been in pro ball, done a great job. And then Nikki, uh, you know, kind of last one in, 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 the, in the group, you know, followed in their footsteps. And it was always kind of a fun deal. Always a fun deal when, you know, talking about the older one would come back. Pat was kind of a, you know, kind of a funny kid, always kind of had the funny jokes and, you know, uh, liked to have, you know, liked to have a great time. But when Chris would come back and work out with him, Pat was serious. Like all of a sudden there was no joking around. It was complete seriousness. And I always used to say to Chris, I said, man, you got to come around more often so we can get more out of this guy, you know, instead of him having himself too good of a time. But it was, it was, it was just a great thing for me. Uh, you know, uh, Alona and Jeff uh, were involved in everything in our dugout club that was, you know, important. Uh, you know, the president of the club, uh, secretary, treasurer, uh, run the snack, snack bar, you know, back in those days, we didn't even have a snack bar. So, I mean, it was like, you know, again, where does it start from? It starts from family first. And then my job, I think, is to kind of come in and kind of assist in that, in that whole deal. Did Jeff ever want to go out and hit some fungos to the kids? <laughs> no, he kind of stayed out of that area, but uh, he was way involved in everything else. He was very much involved. Uh, pitchers, you, you've obviously we've talked about a few. We you, a lot of success with them. A lot of kids, and you've been around a long time. I've been around a long time. You see that they have that it factor. Did you see that with any of these guys, and think, wow, they're going to make it? They have what it takes, or did they need to work on it and they developed it further along the lines in their careers? Well, let's let's take a look at the the that have been in the professionals. Jamie Shields, we called him Jamie back in those days. They call him James. James, professionals. Yeah. Uh, I got Jamie his senior year after he had won, you know, CIF Player of the Year under Bud uh, in 99. Uh, he was outstanding, but during his senior year, he was hurt a lot with us and uh, pitched just a little bit at the end of the season. Uh, but you could tell with him, uh, it was an, an enormous competitor. It just a great combat, loved to play the game, loved to compete, loved to be out there with his buddies. Um, Mike Montgomery, uh, you're talking about a guy who kind of moved up the ladder physically so that by the time he was a senior, you're talking about 20, 25 scouts at a game, enormous amount of pressure. He handled it very well. 
pitched great his senior year, get himself drafted real high. Uh, Trevor, uh, don't forget, Trevor left us his senior year and went to UCLA early. Uh, his junior year, he was phenomenal. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. I can remember a game uh, he pitched against poor West Torrance under the lights at Birmingham. I mean, those poor hitters, they didn't have a chance. I mean, I think it was like a one or two hitter, struck out like 16, uh, was just off off the charts, nailing every pitch that he wanted. Uh, probably at that time, probably probably the best performance I've ever seen in a high school game. Uh, it was just phenomenal. I had numerous college coaches who were there that night told me they've never they'd never seen anything like that. And then Tyler, Tyler's a little different. Tyler was a kid who was still growing into his body, a uh, real big growing guy, uh, still developing physically. You know, he kind of left here. He was probably 6'4", he's now 6'8". Uh, you know, he's probably here. He's probably 200 pounds. I would imagine he's probably like 240 now. Um, still growing into the body. When he got into pro ball, things started to click for him. The body started to uh, mature. And, you know, the velo went way up. And, uh, you know, he's now, you know, he's at 100 when he throws. And, I mean, it's that's off the charts for, you know, us. Because back in the days, he was like high 80s with us. So, uh, you know, each guy has kind of their own story, you know, their own development. Um, some were a little bit uh, ahead of others at certain spots. But, again, you know, once they got into pro ball, once they got into college, you know, of the, of the four, Trevor's the only one who went to college. Once they went into college, once they went into pro ball, they were all ears. They listened. They improved. They developed. Uh, they became, you know, team leaders. I, I was told numerous times when Jamie was at Tampa that they used to use him to talk to the new pitchers who were coming into their program because he would just guide them. He was their big brother. And, and what a great thing, and, and it all starts – you know, learning how to be a leader at, at the younger levels. And like you said, it's about about the families. Now, it's been said that Hard High School is a pipeline to UCLA. You've had so many guys go to UCLA, but you've also had guys go elsewhere. You know, uh, Paul at San Diego, uh, big first baseman a couple of years ago is at SC. But what is it about that program that, that draws Coach Savage to Hard High School? Well, I think uh, Coach Savage and I, uh, we've had a, a, a quality relationship down through the years. Uh, when John was actually working at Nevada Reno and I was back in my days at, at Alamany, one of my best players there ever, uh, a guy by the name of Andy Dominique played for John at uh, Nevada Reno. And so we kind of had built up a relationship. We knew each other. And when he moved to UCLA, you know, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, for a, for a hard baseball player, let's think about this. UCLA is not very far away. It's a great academic university. You're getting a great amount of coaching, and you're playing the top player, top teams in the country. Why wouldn't you want to go there? Uh, John, you know, I, I, I prides himself on, you know, program kids, kids who are going to be in the program for, you know, three, four years, guys who are going to graduate, guys who are going to listen, guys who are going to, you know, follow the rules, guys who want to learn. And I think that kind of fits our kids a lot. You know, it fits our guys. Probably the last one that he's had, uh, Jack Ralston, is a, is a great story. Um, you know, Jack went there, pitched for us in the CIF championship game. Um, did had a great career here at Hart. And when he got there, he struggled. And uh, was kind of a, you know, a complete turnaround. 
uh, for Jack. He had to, you know, kind of deal with that. Uh, he had to kind of learn coach's system down there. Uh, John, you know, stuck with him, stuck with him, stuck with him. Uh, Jack kept working. And uh, eventually by the time his, you know, junior, senior year, he got, got in starting rotation. Uh, his last year at UCLA, I believe he might have been undefeated. Uh, had himself a great year. It was, I think, second team All-American. I mean, what, what does that say for you? There, there's no straight line to success. Here's a guy who was, you know, pretty darn good at Hart High School. And he went from maybe being number one at Hart High School to being what? I don't know, number 30 at UCLA. And uh, stuck with it. And, uh, you know, because of that, because of John's program. And like I say to John all the time, I got to give you complete credit on that one because, you know, you 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 stuck with him and, and he stuck with you and, you know, it was kind of a two-way street. So UCLA is, you know, I mean, good gosh, why would you not want to go to Jackie Robinson and, you know, see some games on a, on a Saturday afternoon? Uh, uh, you know, all of our guys love the facility when they go down there and all of them, you know, speak highly of Coach Savage and his, and his coaches. And who wouldn't want to go to school in Westwood, Beverly Hills? I, there, there's nothing wrong with that. 2016, Mike Montgomery, Trevor Bauer pitching in the World Series. How difficult or cool was it for you? You know, I know you're rooting for both of them, and you're probably not rooting for any anybody to win. But what was it like at the Ozella household, sitting on that couch, watching both of those guys go at it? Well, I'm going to go back to game seven. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's go back to game seven. So if you remember game seven, it, it progressed into a crazy event. Had a little rain delay, had, yep. a, had a late late home run by the, the Indians to tie it off of Chapman. It was just a crazy deal. And so my wife and I were sitting on the couch and we're watching this. And I look at her, you know, it's I think it's like eighth, ninth inning. And I go, hey, I got a feeling both of our guys are getting in the game. <laughs> and she's like looking at me like, what do you mean? I said, well, Trevor's, I think, in the bullpen. He's not in the rotation right now. And it's game seven. So I go, I wouldn't be surprised if he's coming in. And I go, Mike's been up numerous times already tonight. He's been up, he's been down, he's been up and up. I go, if this thing goes extra innings or it goes late, don't be surprised if both of them come in. Well, what happened? Both of them did both come, of them in. came in. And, you know, and, and so we were like, we were on pins and needles, to be honest with you. I mean, I was so excited to watch both of them come in. This is game seven. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from the Chicago area. <laughs> I know, I know the history of the Cubs. And I'm like going to myself, Man, this is as close as the Cubs are getting. I don't know. And then they bring Mike in, and he gets the guy out to save the game. And I'm like, why? I mean, we were jumping up and down. Uh, the dog was barking a lot. I mean, it was it was a fun night. That was that was a fun evening. I think for everybody in the Santa Clarita Valley that that is a baseball fan, it was a fun evening because I remember watching that game thinking, wow. And and I you know know Dave Montgomery pretty well from his days of coaching golf here and. And, and what a great guy. And just to watch those guys go at it was just – it was fun for everybody in this entire area. The game has changed over the years. Um, but at its fundamental level, I go back to the Bull Durham movie. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. What's changed in the high school game in, in the years that you've been doing this? Uh, I think uh, the athletes have changed dramatically. Uh, the kids are getting bigger. Kids are getting stronger. Uh, kids are getting more knowledgeable. Uh, the kids know the game a little bit better. Now, that doesn't mean they can execute it, okay? They know the game a little bit better. They kind of know a little bit more about their swing. They know a little bit more about long toss, 
They know a little bit more about uh, weighted balls. They know more and more. And so I think the game has kind of evolved in that way. And I think that's an evolution that's been very good. Um, I think, uh, you know, the game really hasn't changed in the ways of what you just talked about, though. It's still about pitchers throwing strikes. It's still about hitters putting the ball in play. It's still about fielding and throwing it across the infield. Uh, there's, th- there's those dynamics. We haven't changed 90 feet. Right. We haven't changed 60 feet, six inches. None of that's changed, but the players have gotten bigger. So it's kind of a, you know, now when you hit ground balls, your infielders, you're talking to them about, hey, you got to come get the ball. You got to maybe change your techniques a little bit more because guys are getting down the line a little faster. Hey, pitchers, uh, you know, you better make a better pitch because it could go a long way if you don't make a quality pitch. That's not really changed. It's just, I think the evolution of the game has occurred with more knowledge and more development of physicality. Physicality is, you know, I mean, we have kids that walk through the gate now, freshman kids who are walking through the gate who are now weighing 200 pounds. And I'm like, that wasn't, that wasn't, you know. But the funniest deal is we have a kid who walked through the gate at 200 pounds and we have a kid who weighed 88 pounds, walked through the gate at the same time. And so here we are, again, mixing them together and trying to, trying to put them all together into what we call a team. Yeah. And the analytics, you know, yeah, we, we, and I, 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 I watch a ball game and I think, Oh, good Lord, just, just shut up and announce the game instead of all this stuff. But I know it's a part of the game. How involved are you with using that at the high school level? Because your information is so limited because you don't have a big scouting department. You don't have a big video department. You don't have, you know, mathematicians crunching your numbers. How much do you use it at the high school level? Uh, we use the video quite a bit. Uh, and the best video that we use is we use the kids' phones. You know, we, can't, we, 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 you know, years ago when kids used to come to the field, we always used to, you know, be on them about get rid of those phones. We don't want to see them. Get them in your bag. Now we have them bring them out. And what we do is we have a group of kids who assist us. We, we, call, we call these guys our CIA. These are our investigators, our analytics guys. These guys, they're in charge of videotaping everything and anything that they can videotape. So if a kid's throwing a bullpen, they got the guy's phone and they're videotaping his bullpen. If a guy's hitting in a game, they got the phone out and they're videotaping. So what happens is, is the kid puts it, I mean, this is as high tech as we get at Hard High. We put it on their phones and they take it home and they look at it. So it's kind of, an, it becomes a little bit of an easier coaching point for us to say, hey, did you see this? Did you see this? Hey, what did you see with your video last night? Hey, what can we improve on? What, what, what's missing here? So we, we kind of use that. We, we have a, you know, we, we have a little gun that tells us VLO. Again, one of our investigators is in charge of that. So we're, we're kind of doing that. We got the, we got the stop clocks out and we're working on them running down the line so that we try to maintain standards. So that's about it for us. All right. I know that there's a lot of other programs that do other things and more, but you know, we're out there for two and a half hours and uh, you know, we're, I'm doing as much planning as I can at home. And you know, I don't have, I don't, I don't have eight hours a day of baseball. I got, you know, four or five classes here and I'm teaching those four or five classes during school. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working, you know, two jobs in a sense. And so, um, we, I think we do a pretty good job of it. 
are we top of the line? Certainly not. But, you know, for us, it works. And for our kids, it works because our kids have now gotten into the habit of looking at that phone. And I see a lot of times they'll get done throwing a bullpen. And as soon as they get done throwing the bullpen, they'll take their video and they'll look back through it. And this is before they go to their next station or they go to their next next item of business. They're looking through it and they'll, they'll roll over to me and go, hey, you know, this is what you were talking about, huh? And I go, yeah, that's exactly what we're what we're talking about. So yeah, it's helped out the analytics. You know, I see the pro game and it's, it's kind of a crazy deal. Uh, it's a little bit of a, I think, I think now baseball is kind of trying to find the balance, you know, to find the balance of, you know, how much analytics and how much old school. And I think uh, that's going to kind of continue to be a little bit of a, uh, a challenge as we go into baseball in the game down through the years here. Yeah, and I think with the point that you made years ago before all of the phones and the video, hey, I saw you do this and a kid, well, no, I didn't do that. Now the proof is right there where, hey, I saw this, see this right here, this is now, let's correct this. And that's and that's a good thing for kids. You know, you, you talked about just a, a few of the changes that, and I'll divert here a little bit, the shift. I, I despise it because when you see there's no third baseman, and you got a guy on first. It seems to me that, and it's a one-run game, just put the ball down third base because that guy on first, can I can make it to third base, but we constantly see guys hitting right into it. Is this a good thing for baseball, or do you think maybe we'll see the pendulum swing back the other way with guys actually learning how to hit the ball to all fields? I think um, I think what we're going to see is I you know one of the one of the big deals in baseball has always been adjustment, always been adjustment. How do I adjust? How do I stay at a high level, and how do I continue to adjust with the latest things that have been thrown at me? Um, the shift is uh, kind of an interesting deal. Years ago, we had a we had a big left-handed hitter who. I forget who it was. Somebody somebody used to shift on him a little bit. I forget this team we were playing, but they used to shift on him. And we used to, every once, we'd, we'd give him the drag bunt. And he couldn't lay down a drag bunt to save his life. <laughs> he followed the ball. He followed off, and he'd get all frustrated. And so, like, the coaches are, like, looking at me, and I'm like, forget it. Let's just let him hit because he can't bunt, you know. But I think what's ha- what will happen, I-, I saw a little bit of it in the series this year where I saw more adjustment to go the other way a little bit more. It was more by the Dodgers than it was yeah. by Tampa. Yeah. Uh, and I think um, you're going to see that a little bit more. I, I hope, I hope so, because I think it's kind of a crazy deal. I mean, I'd hate to be a left-handed hitting first baseman and just keep hitting the ball at the second baseman who's actually playing in right center field and being thrown out all day. Those left-handed hitters, I mean, I tell our left-handed hitters all the time, it's the easiest thing in the world to hit a ground ball to second base and get thrown out. Why are we doing that? You know, so um, it's an adjustment. The game's adjust. The game adjusts. You know, we 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 look at it like like right now. The big deal with pitching is to pitch upstairs. Right. For the longest time, it was to pitch downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. So now that's kind of like changed up a little bit. I think what's going to happen is some hitters will adjust to that, and then they'll go back downstairs again. But the problem for, I think, in regards to pro ball, there's a lot of egos involved. Oh, yeah, very you know, much There's so. a lot of egos involved. And so when you look at those egos, you know, they still want to hit the ball over the over the fence, and they still want to walk around the bases. And for them, 
to do that by pulling is a little easier than hitting it the other way. Yeah, because I'm getting paid all this money. You're just the manager. Uh, you know, they're paying me to, to do this. You know, you see private coaching in kids. You know, kids go to a hitting coach. Kids go to a pitching coach. How much coaching of the basics when you get a kid and you try and correct a kid and he says, well, coach, my pitching coach says, and you've never heard of the pitching coach. You don't know this guy's resume, but you've been around a long time. How do you deal with that? And then how do you correct kids that you see are doing something wrong, but their parents are paying a lot of money for it? Well, I think that, you know, they're kind of, you're kind of looking at a couple issues here. One, you want, you want the kid, you want the player to buy into your program. Okay. So, you know, there's a, there's a level that we play or there's a system that we develop and we want the kid to develop into that system. At the same time, kind of as what I said to you before, kids are coming to us with a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more athleticism, but that doesn't mean that they're better players. Right. So it's a little bit of a mix of, hey, okay, what are you getting from your pitching coach? And why are they telling you this? And is that correct? If that's not correct, let's let's analyze that. If it is correct, let's build on it. Right. And so it's a little bit of, you know, I, I'm not counter to them going and talking to somebody else as long as it furthers their success, you know, and um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a, uh, a double-edged sword double there. Double-edged sword here. Yeah. You want, you want assistance because, you know, we only have a couple hours in the day out there with them. So yeah, we want them to learn. We want them to become better. We want them to work hard, but at the same time, we also want them to buy into our system as well. Yeah. Um, all the arm conditioning, all of the weight training, all of the the advancements we've had in that, the, the amount of Tommy John surgeries that we see nowadays is why are kids having them so early and so often? Is there something that's going on that, that I don't know about where these kids are, are they throwing too much? Are they not conditioning the right way? Well, that's a, I think that's a, that's a question that uh, maybe every orthopedic doctor in the, in the country is probably trying to analyze as well, because I think in the last, oh man, 10, 12 years, 10, 12 years, things have kind of radically changed. You know I mean? It was 10, 12 years ago, people said, Hey, you know, throw pitchers as much as you want. Now we have pitch limits. Now we have innings limits on the high school level. Um, my question is, is there a pitch limit or an innings limit when they're playing club ball or at the lower levels? You know, because I think kids have to develop based upon their body size. Every individual is a little different. Uh, you have some kids who could probably go out there. You know, Trevor Bauer, when he was here, it was not a problem for him to go out and throw 120 pitches and go seven innings. And he was he was he was built that way. I mean, he, he trained for that. Others, you get the pitch 100, they're dead. You know, they're, 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 they're ready to come out. Uh, so everybody's different. I think the very first thing is you got to understand is you got to understand that everybody is different. And so you got to kind of keep that in mind. Uh, we've had, you know, in our years here at Hart, we've had a couple kids who have had surgery. Um, we've tried to maintain uh, down through the years, you know, the proper amount of rest, uh, the proper amount of throwing, uh, the proper amount of long toss, 
Uh, we, we think we kind of do a pretty good job of that, but some kids still, you know, have, have gotten injured. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, qu a, a question that's still up for analysis. I think, uh, you know, there's people who say, oh, well, the, you know, the weighted balls will, uh, help, uh, you know, alleviate these issues. And then you hear some other experts say, no, the weighted, pro the weighted balls lead to problems. So it's kind of like, you know, what do you do and where do you go? And I think for every kid, it's a, it's a, it's a unique question. You know, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a challenge to figure out exactly what, what's good for you. And I think, you know, we've had some kids down through the years who have used, let's say like the weighted balls have used the weighted balls quite a bit. And then we've had some others who look at the weighted balls and go, Oh, just a little bit. I'll use them just a little bit. And then we have some who don't use the weighted balls at all. So it's, you know, I don't really tell them do this, don't do this. Uh, we, we, we are a big believer in long toss. So, you know, we'll, we'll get out to 210 feet or so like that. But, uh, you know, now Trevor, when he was here, he'd take long toss out to 300 feet. Yeah. And that's a little bit extreme for my, my view, but Hey, it works for him. It worked for him. Yeah. It worked for him. It's, he's certainly not broken down yet. Has nope. He? Nope. So, you know, Cy Young and, and everything. So it's, I mean, I, I just, you know, every kid I think is a little unique and everybody's different size. You know, not every one of our guys is 6'4", 215. Yeah. yeah. We've had some guys who are, you know, 5'10". We have a pitcher right now who's 5'10 and a buck 55. And, you know, uh, he, he's a great long tosser. And he uses a little bit, a little bit of weighted balls, but not very much. And he could probably move the ball around the plate as well, too, which yeah. is which is a lost art. You look at Greg Maddox, guy went over 300 games, and I don't think he ever threw over 85. Yeah, well, we're our, our first pitch we're always trying to focus on here at Art is the fastball, whether we can move the fastball, put the fastball where we want. And once we get that working where we want, then we'll go to those other pitches. But we're kind of a big believer of using the fastball and getting in, getting out, and going upstairs and going downstairs and trying to make the ball move a little bit but make the fastball move. And then if we can make the other pitches move, that's even better. Yeah, yeah. And then that makes you a more versatile pitcher. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, Jim, this, this has been great. I want to ask you five just off-the-wall questions that, that they're going to be baseball-related. So you grew up in the Midwest. Was it Cubs or White Sox? It was St. Louis Cardinals. It was St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. I'm a huge Cardinal fan. All right. I was probably the only one in the neighborhood who was a St. Louis Cardinal fan. And I, but you have to understand, I was born in 58. And so that is kind of the, the prime years, the 60s, were the prime years of the Cardinals. Bob Gibson. Yes, yeah. sir. Yep. Tim yes, McCarver. Sir. Yep. Yes, yep. All right. When you were a kid, who did you emulate in the backyard game seven of the World Series at the at the plate? Oh, my goodness. I, I would have had to be. A, I, I'll, when I was a kid, I'm a Cardinal fan back in those days. Uh, Orlando Cepeda. Uh, Roger Maris was a Cardinal for right, one year. Right. I remember back. Uh, you know, Lou Brock. You know, all those guys, I loved all those guys. All right, and who were you on the mound? Were you Bob Gibson? Oh, Bob Gibson. There's nobody better than Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson was my man. I love that guy. Talk about a competitor. Oh, could he pitch in today's game? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He competed. He loved to be on the mound. He loved to be in the limelight. I mean, I've, I, I send our kids today, I send our kids video of Gibson. And they'll come, they'll text me back and go, that is an unbelievable slider. I go, yeah, now you understand how come he was so darn good. They go, they'll see, you'll see video on him and you're like, wow, how do you guys even hit that stuff? Well, that stuff still plays today. Yeah. yeah and he still threw plays. inside. And if oh, you got yeah. mad at him, he, oh, yeah. he'd say, come on, let's oh, go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. yeah. Um, 
I just lost my favorite baseball movie of all time. Oh, man, I just watched The Natural again probably for the 70th time uh, just the other night. I love that movie. Oh, I, I, love, I just love the, the chatter. Yeah. I love yeah, the chatter yeah. right in the game. Come on, come on, come on. You know, just the chatter. Hey. You know, come on, Roy, come on, Roy. You know, so, I mean, it's just, I love that. Movie. And Wilford Brimley was perfect, yeah, awesome. perfect in that you know, movie. I don't, I don't know, but I have two grandchildren, right? And, uh, you know, what What do you want to be called? They, used, You know, my, my daughter's. My daughter and my son said, well, what do you want to be called? And I go, just call me Pops. Pops, there you just go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jim, this has been great, man. It's, it's you know, we see each other a lot, and we finally get to sit down and, and talk some baseball. And your your program is fantastic. The, the the legacy of guys that have gone on to do things is, is you know, it's second to none, I think, in Southern California. You know, people talk about Harvard-Westlake and those guys, but, but you guys, you and Bud have been doing it here for – Upwards of 50 years. It's been a while. Yeah, a while. it has it's been. been. fun. It's fun. I appreciate it. It's yeah. been a great time. Uh, I love talking baseball. Uh, I love talking heart baseball. And, um, you know, to me, to me, uh, you know, teaching is a passion for me. Uh, not just out on the field, but in the classroom. Uh, and I love it. I, you know, when I, when I, when I tire of it, then it's time for me to move on. But uh, I still lo- love it. I still, you know, last week I was working in the cage with one of our guys on hitting. And and I said to him, I said, you know, it's great being an assistant coach again. <laughs> and he like looks at me and he goes, what do you mean by that? And I go, I, you know, I, I don't always like being a head coach. I said, it's, it's fun just teaching the game, you know. And, and this has been fun, you know, for the last 20 minutes. It's been fun working with you here. So, and, and seeing the kids, seeing the kids and, and their progress from you know that 88 pound freshman that comes in that that hits that growth spurt that is now a contributing member of of your varsity team here at Hart High School has got to be a well a you great know thing. A, you know it's a thrill is you know I've been I'm, we've been fortunate enough we've been invited to some weddings of some of our guys who've gotten married and to see them get married and to see them have children uh, and to you know grow up and uh, become adults and uh, become you know guys who are contributing to society in a positive way. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just thrilling. And, uh, you know, I, you know, you, I have three children, you know, and it's, you know, coaching for me is just a, uh, an offshoot of being a, you know, a father, you know, and, uh, being a family, family guy. And so it's, uh, you know, we, we talk about heart a lot of times being a big family, uh, not just, you know, not just heart baseball, but you know, the heart, heart community, you know, Santa Clarita Valley is very community based, um, society up here uh, everybody loves their athletics everybody yeah. loves their sports and uh you know we just like being a part of that yeah well jim it was great uh, hanging out in your classroom here it's a beautiful new building here you call it the taj mahal, taj mahal. at Hart high school uh thank you for taking the time to do this and thank everybody for listening uh let's let's wear the masks guys let's let's get these kids back out on the field uh let's get sports going back as soon as possible Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jim Ozella and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.